How are you doing hey. today, Sean? I'm doing good. What are you drinking, Colin? Uh, today, I am drinking water out of my, um, like, water pack, backpack, man. just like an ultra runner would. Heck yeah, man. I'm drinking water also. Oh. And then to get a little bit fancier, actually, I wanted to shout out to one of our not sponsors. I, um, I am drinking Athletic Brew. So what this is, it is a non-alcoholic beer, or actually it contains less than half a percent of alcohol, but it's an IPA that tastes like an IPA, but isn't alcoholic. Um, wow. Yeah. So when I did my Spartan race in Vermont, they, <laughs> they were sponsoring it and it was, it was just cool because I assumed it would taste like a 0% beer which if anybody has ever tried one of those, they're typically not great, in my opinion. But this tastes like a real IPA. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm full, full runner ready right now. That's awesome. Do you want to get into a little bit about what is Ultras? What are Ultras? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, by the name Ultra Marathon – it's pretty easily self-explanatory, but it's just like almost an exaggerated marathon. So, I mean, a marathon is 26.2 miles, right? Mm -hmm. And an ultra marathon is a marathon that is a lot longer than that. Some of them are as short as 50 miles long. And then um, the longest one I saw was the 240 miler. Um, that's to date. I've heard people suggesting that they'd like to try longer, uh, but 240 is the longest to date. And a very popular ultra marathon length is 100 miles. Um, so well, yeah, and, and personally, I, I feel like why, why wouldn't we go further, right? I mean, at this point, we should probably just set a timer and see who can run until they die. And yeah, like we should just have a, I was going to say 24 hour race, but that's not enough for these people. No, you, you, I, I mean, some of them finish in more than 24 hours. 24 hours is a cakewalk. They're, they're done. 24 hours. Come on. That's, that's not, that's yeah. life work. That's a training run. Yeah. So I, I mean, obviously like not a lot of people do this, but I, I mean, from what I saw, at least it looks like maybe a hundred people per race, sometimes a little bit more or less. Yeah. I know some of, um, for example, bad water, um, which I think was a little bit more than a hundred miles. Um, I think there's only been like 900 people ever to finish the race. Jeez. Uh, just because so common in these races, there's do not finish um, placings uh, just because injuries come up or different situations come up where people can't finish them. And Colin and I both have spent a large amount of time in our life running uh, running in high school, college, we both did cross country. Uh, Colin's done an actual marathon, right? Yeah, I did the Philly marathon. So that was the year. So basically we can talk a little bit about this. Cause I feel like it's super important to address. Cause I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people never bring up the fact of what it's like to be a college athlete. And the day after PSACs for us or championships, <laughs> there's nothing like you're done, dude. Like Sean, well, yeah. 400 hurdles. You're, I personally, I don't think you're ever going to enter a 400 hurdle race again, unless you want to do one of those weird summer leagues. I don't, I don't think they're even, there, there is none that you could do. Yeah. And well, I, yeah. I can tell you for free, I'm not running the 800 uh, on a track ever again. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. So, so natural progression, where do we go? People tend to go to the marathon or they don't run anymore, <laughs> or they bike. Yeah. Or they do like a lot of people bike. weird thing. Like yeah. That. Um, um, but yeah, I trained for the, the marathon and I feel like this topic is like so good for us because yeah. I'll, like when I'm reading some of these stories, I'm like, geez, like these people, like they make sense to me. And mm -hmm. I know some people that are just absolutely like wild. Like some of my friends from college that still run that do like, 150 mile weeks or something like yeah. or even more honestly and they still train like they're racing which is wild 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, so many people, like, I didn't know what to do when it was over. I, I was, like, bored. Yeah. Like, you, you need a challenge. You need something else to do. And, I mean, ultra running isn't really what everybody does. But the <laughs> craziest of the people seem to do this. You want to do something nuts? Go ahead and run an ultra. Because that yeah. shit is wild. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, when I heard about it, I was like, I mean, maybe. Like, that was my first thought. I was like, I mean, maybe. Yeah. That sounds like a well, good like, challenge. Yeah, it's like the challenge, and I would want the clout, you know? Oh, like, for I, sure. I, if I could tell someone, like, yeah, I, I ran a 100-mile race, it would be something that I would just, like, offhand bring up. I'd be like, oh, yeah, just, just one time I ran 100 miles. Just, just exactly. Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and most people don't finish the race that I ran, so, like, <laughs> I'm just yeah. badass. Yeah. Um, well, I think – okay, another way that this kind of parallels – is I feel like you can't have a full-time job and train. So I, the, the person who we're going to talk about, Courtney Dalwalk, D-A-U, Walter. I don't know Dow how to Walter. say it. Dow Walter. She had a full-time job for really? many years, but then she just left her job. To, to train? Yes, to train. So Sean, during college, Easily, how many days, how many hours a day do you think we spend practicing? I mean, like two to three. Two to three, easy. How often would you say you were thinking about running during the day? I, I mean, it's like all day. <laughs> it's, it's not It's not like an O that like two or three hours that I'm at practice. It's like, wake up. What am I eating for breakfast? Will it provide me with yeah. enough nutrients for practice? You're going to class. You're thinking about what time practice is at. You're thinking about like mm-hmm. making sure you're not using up too much energy. You're trying to like be well, like yeah. do i do i snack now am i hydrating enough eating like yeah. an appropriate lunch and then you're at practice you're you're lifting which a lot of like ultra people do they have to cross train um mm-hmm. and you're running and then you finish practice first thing you're thinking about is how am i going to recover what should i be eating showering we're talking about contrast showers we're talking about <laughs> oh my god we're talking about recovery, and then you're like, "Oh shit!" Like well, I gotta yeah. get to bed because I gotta, I gotta be ready for practice tomorrow. I gotta recover. I gotta sleep well. Yeah. So, and that was during college. Imagine trying to have a full time job and needing to do over triple the miles that we did. Well, <laughs> this is this is like, this is the thing with this. Um, I mean, you also have to live. You know. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about this too. Yes, a lot of the ultra marathon athletes, they have that as their full-time situation now, but like they had to like prove themselves and run fast enough in an ultra to either get sponsorships, which some of them do have sponsorships, I found out, yeah, um, or to get some kind of career involved in that. Because I, I mean, like, how do you be a personal trainer for distance running without having that background yeah well so quick question do you know how much they make in a year because i i don't think they make much money like no i don't think so either when you win a race and um what i i was so i was doing some research and i found out that they i mean they don't know a lot about it like about Mm -hmm. ultra running and how like the human body does like that kind of shit but most of the studies are done like at a race so they'll like weigh people at the race to like see, oh, like they lose, I think it's like three to 4% body fat loss. Like they lose weight. Wow. 4%. And they're doing a lot of these studies in the field. And I'm thinking slash what I kind of read is they can kind of get away with doing these in the field studies because people don't make a shit ton of money. So yeah. people don't blood dope for them. Like they don't, they don't have any reason to cheat. No, exactly. For the run and probably for some other reason, but they're like, cause someone definitely like they, they, most people that run ultras definitely are messed up in the head. Like they got some crazy shit going on in there. (laughs) Um, Well, it's like, they're there for themselves. They're there to like prove to themselves that they can do it basically. And they don't care about anybody else doing the race. Yeah. So they're like, look, I'm here to do it for me. So I don't really care. I'm not going to cheat. Yeah. So that's why a lot of the studies that they can do is like perfect where I feel like if you try to study, like I, I would say a cyclist for the tour de France, 
you have yeah. the whole blood doping thing and there's that whole thing with like russia and even with like yeah. pretty much any olympic sport like people are gonna go and try and cheat because they want the olympic gold and they'll do anything they yeah. can to get it but with ultras it's so different and i feel like the whole community is like that too like they're all just they like super chill like whatever kind of people well yeah i i mean which is really cool too that it's that way mm-hmm. and it's awesome that they can study them too like that um but i i think you're right the fact that there's not much money in it and from one of the interview interviews i heard um the person who was the runner like specifically was like i couldn't like i do get paid from this from sponsorships but i couldn't do it if like my husband or wife didn't have a good job so yeah so uh i also was listening to an interview with someone and uh, I think the guy was like, yeah, I just decided to become an ultra runner. And I mean, he made money and stuff too, but he had like a wife. And he said like the reason why he did it is because he knew – it's not that he had a safety net. Mm-hmm. It's just that he was like, I know like worst comes to worst, everything will still be fine because like I could just move home and live at home and whatever. So yeah. he like took the risk, became an ultra runner, and then – a lot of the other people, again, they like, they're just training 24-7. So they, they kind of have to have some sort of backup. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I mean, definitely like an interesting professional sport. If you can even call it professional. Because, um, I mean, they're definitely like elite athletes. But, like, the ones that are paid, they're not paid enough to really be like, I'm a full-time professional athlete, really. It's like, yeah. you're lucky enough to have money somewhere else, whether it's so, your spouse or what. This other person, her name was Hillary Allen. Her, mm-hmm. uh, her like code name, I guess, is what you, if you call it that, is the Hilly Goat. That's her name. She's like a super crazy, like really good runner. And mm-hmm. she was running, and I forget what race it was. I, I want to say Leadville, but that's the only one that yeah. I really know. Um, but she fell off the course, fell like, I want to say 100 feet, like something absolutely ridiculous, and somehow didn't die. And severely like injured herself and it took her like years to come back from it. Right. Mm. But she ended up writing a book and she was doing an interview and like, that's kind of how she makes her money. She has her website. She has her Instagram. Okay. But what I thought was crazy about her and we were kind of talking about this earlier when you were talking about your run is she said the hardest thing for her was knowing that she couldn't do something like Like they were like, oh, every day she woke up and she was like, I'm getting worse at running because I have to recover. Like she mm-hmm. had to heal, like she couldn't run because her foot was broken. So she had to get around and like cross training and things like that. And earlier today, you called me, you were talking about how you were like, you're not feeling like 100%. And today you had to stop your run. Yeah. And she, like the thing that she was talking about, which I thought was so crazy, is it takes so much for people that are competitive like us. Mm-hmm. To, to take a day off and and it's it's wild because it's so true well yeah and especially these people too like i mean they're like i mean to run something like this and to train for it it's like almost hard for me to imagine like the standards that you hold yourself to oh yeah you know what i mean like like it's one thing to to like train for like like a marathon but like so many people do that but to to set out to run 100 miles or longer like there's so much like personal responsibility in that and like you have to have such high standards for yourself that like i I don't know you have to be so uncomfortable with like not achieving your goals to like really do this i think yeah one of the things that i i heard in an interview i think it was with her too is that people need to be willing to adjust. So yeah. like, let's say you like, and it, it has to do with re- recovery and things like that. Like you did like a, a killer workout and you're sore as shit, but mm-hmm. you had planned on doing a 30 mile run the next day. Yeah. Well, it's going to be hard for you to say, well, you know, I was supposed to do another speed workout day, but I need to take that day to recover. Mm-hmm. Like, and on the fly, like half, halfway through your tempo workout that you're doing like a 50 mile run. If you know, or like 30 miles, whatever, 20, 15, whatever, a ton of miles. 
if you're yeah. in the middle of doing that and you realize mid-workout that you're not going to be able to keep it at tempo pace because you're starting to feel the lactic acid and things like that, like you need to be so good at knowing your own body and strong enough to say, all right, I have to recover today. Yeah. Which is crazy because think of how many workouts where you did that you were like, man, I don't know if I should push it. But then you're like, nah, like, I got to push it. Like I got to do that extra rep. Like I got to I gotta yeah. power through this. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think that's, that's huge too. But like, on like the topic of like adapting to different scenarios, that is what I heard like over and over again from the people who run the races that mid race, there's always things that come up <laughs> like stuff. They like, like go stuff goes wrong and whether there's weather changes or super difficult weather situations or like, it seems like they, they like, they all have teams when they do it. Yeah. It's like one personal run and for parts of the race, you can have people who um, can pace you for certain parts. Mm. Um, and you can have people who like, like, I guess, like they can provide you food and stuff, you know, I, like they basically. Don't they have like a full on. ass team? Yeah. Like they have a whole team. Like food is like the race actually, like some of them do provide food. The races I heard too from the, the Moab 240, the 240 mile race, they actually provide beds, but nobody uses the beds because that would be. Bro, I'm not wasting time sleeping. <laughs> None of these people would waste any time sleeping. But at the same time, none of these people would, I think, I think they would have like too high of standards for themselves to be like, I trained for this race and you think I'm going to lay in a bed mid race because I need sleep. No, you probably laugh at that. Talk about the, the interview with Courtney and her sleep. Well, yeah. Like, so this is, this is what I mean. Like you got to adapt during a race. So she did sleep and her first nap. So her first, the race, the fame was the 240 mile race that she won uh, she did it in 58 hours, which is absurd to run for 58 hours straight. And during that race, second place was like something crazy, like 10 or 15 miles behind her and finished like 10. That's like, yeah. didn't they say it was like 10 hours or something? It was something crazy. Like, yeah, eight to 10 hours behind her, which is nuts too. That like you run a race and it takes you 58 hours but then second place is 10 hours behind you. Like, holy shit. All right. Interim comment though, because so yeah. I ran, I ran the marathon in Philly, right? My sister's mm -hmm. apartment was literally like quarter of a mile from one of the, like the areas that I run through. Yeah. So like, not from like her main window, but from like the stairwell outside of it, you could kind of see where the traffic was going and seeing if people were still running. Yeah. I ran the, the marathon in like, under four hours, like nothing like super fast. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was like respectable. And yeah. I got back, I ate like a ton of pizza and I fell asleep. Right. Yeah. So I woke up maybe four hours later and like, I like took like a walk to see like where I was. And I was like, Oh wow. It's actually super close. There were people still running, Sean. Oh and my God. For me, that was so much crazier. Cause I was like, look, I was mentally tough enough to run like three hours and 44 minutes, but mm -hmm. to be mentally tough to run for eight hours, like I don't care that they're running slower. The yeah. fact that you can consciously be like, I am doing this for eight hours straight is mind blowing. So to be like, Oh, that person, the second place was 10 hours behind her. That's second place. Like yeah. imagine the person that like barely <laughs> finished in the time bracket. Like they were probably running for like 78 hours or something ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. I I mean, they've got to be. So back to the story. So in her 58 hours that she got first place in, she took two naps. And the first nap was in the back of the truck with um, like her team's truck. And they had like a sleeping bag back there for her. And she slept for like 20 minutes. And then she felt whatever, fine. Later on in the race, um, she was having all kinds of issues like exhaustion and stuff like normal, like you're running that much. You're going to be fucking tired, you know? Um, 
and the guy running with her, her teammate, was like, why don't, you, why don't you just drop right here and take a nap? And she slept in the middle of the trail for literally one minute, she said, gets up, feels refreshed. During that minute, she claims that she had dreams, too. Like, Best some, minute of sleep in my entire life. Yeah. Somehow, she had, like, full dreams in that one minute, which is insane. And then gets up, feels refreshed, and is pumped up and finishes the race. 21 minutes of sleep for 58 hours of running. Sean, have you ever pulled an all-nighter, like, as a kid? Yeah. How crappy do you feel? Yeah. And then, and then what? You sleep for, like, 10 hours the next day, and you're like, oh, God. And you still feel terrible. Imagine, like, you're running the whole time you're awake. Then you sleep <laughs> for 20 minutes, and then you pull another all-nighter, and then you sleep for a minute. Like, no yeah. No way. She said she was yeah, hallucinating well, too, right? Yeah, she was hallucinating while running. Um, and then she also said that she had problems sleeping the next couple days too. Yeah. Which is, that's just got to be your body on some type of like animal instinct mode at that point that you can't sleep. You know? Yeah, you've literally, it's, it's, your brain is probably hardwired to be like, I'm being chased and murdered. Yeah. And that's why you've been running for so long because there's no other explanation on why you're still trying to run. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you probably, like, the fact that she couldn't sleep, she said she didn't feel normal for, like, three whole days. But the fact that you couldn't sleep for, like, the next couple days is 100% your brain and, like, something is wrong. We are too alert. We've been going for too long. There's no reason. Like, we can't figure out why you can't rest, but you're not ready to rest yet. Dude, okay, so my thing is, the fact that she was like, oh, it took me about – so she finished on, like, Sunday or Monday, right? Yeah, something she, like that. Oh, it took me to Wednesday to feel normal. Uh, excuse me? You don't <laughs> yeah. wake that reco- – you ran for, like, longer <laughs> than it took you to feel recovered. Like, that, yeah. you, you're like, oh, yeah, it took me about two days to recover. You were running for, like, two and a half days straight, and, yeah. and it only took you two days to recover, and you thought that was a lot? I'm like, no way. It would take me, like, a year – to recover from yeah that. exactly I, I mean like this is this is back to like the regular job situation too you can't have a full-time job what what do you do oh i'm running a race <laughs> this weekend i need friday off oh, okay you call your boss sunday night i don't know how long i need but my body is messed up <laughs> yo uh i just finished i'm gonna put in a pto request day for tomorrow because it's i'm not i'm not good i didn't yeah. i didn't sleep literally since midday on Friday, I've actually been running the whole time. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you go back to work, what, that Thursday or Friday? Everybody's like, how'd it go? Like, you, what do you, what do, you do? Nobody can relate to you. You're, like, whacked out. You're like, yo, yo <laughs> like, let's just go for a run real quick. Like, I'm totally fine, but, like, let's, like we got to do something. Or you're, like, falling asleep at your desk all day. You're sitting there, and you're like, yo, does anybody else see that dude over there that's dressed like a clown Wearing and he's like hallucinating. Trunk. Yeah. So the, the hallucinations are insane that <laughs> she was having. But then the other crazy shit is too, the last twelve miles of the race, she basically went blind, she said. She had like a whiteout type thing. <laughs> yo, yo. What gets me is she was just like, Oh yeah, like this happens to the people that wear contacts. Like, oh, this is no big deal. Like this happens all the time. That's she was like, That's not crazy to me. Like I, and she's like, when I see the hallucinations, like, I just wave them. Like, do you, you thought the tiger was talking to you? Like, nah, I knew it was a hallucination, but it was totally cool. Yeah. Well, they, they were saying it happens to multiple people. It's happened to her multiple times. It took her about six hours to get her vision back after the race too, which is insane, right? You finish a race, your friends, your family, your team who supports you are there. High five, man. I can't see right now. Yo, I, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to see for a couple hours. It's fine. And yeah, then I, in the interview, they were like, yo, why don't you get LASIK? And she's like, nah, it doesn't change anything. You'll still go blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then it's like, are you going to keep doing this? It's like, well, yeah, like I, I got to keep pushing myself, you know? Um, like going into races, like since it happened the first time, I'm not really excited for the whiteout phase. Uh, and I hope it doesn't happen, but it, it happens. So you just kind of got to deal with it. But that's like, that's the mentality of so many of these people. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, they, they're just like, 
this is the situation I'm in. I'm going to like push through it. I don't care what it is. I'm finishing the race. So you had mentioned right there, um, like long-term kind of ordeal. Yeah. Dude. Uh, so I looked this, I looked this up. Cause I'm like, yo, this is like, someone's gotta get serious. Like there's no way this is good for your body. So I was looking okay. this up and there are no long-term issues currently that people are aware of from running. Okay, but from ultra running or just running? Ultra running, yeah. It's okay. actually been shown like, that people that do ultra running are more productive and have less doctor's visits, which okay. to me is crazy because I'm like, you're going to be getting injured, but these people don't get injured. No, I – okay, I believe that they don't really get injured too much, but less doctor's visits and what would you say? They're more productive? I believe that. Yeah. Think about the person who wakes up and says, I'm going to run 100 miles. I can do it. Like, how many people in your life do you think tell them, like, hey, that's a little bit of a crazy goal? Like, they all have spouses and everything. Like, they have groups of friends. They can't do it. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, do you think they go to the doc? Like, she went blind in a race. Many people have gone (laughs) blind in a race. Do And she finishes the race. Do you think she has some kind of ailment and it's like, maybe I should see a doctor? It's like, yeah, I'm running today, okay? Sorry, my foot hurts. I'm running today. She cuts off her leg and she's like, I'll carterize it myself. Like, I don't need to go to the doctor for that. Like, it's fine. Yeah. This is like that one time I was running that really long race and something bad happened and I just dealt with it on the on the run. Yeah, exactly. So I I definitely believe that it is good for you. Like, I mean, running itself is good for you. So I feel like just... I yeah. mean, your biggest risk there is just like shin splints and stuff, you know, stress fractures. But like, um, I feel like heart health and lungs, it's really healthy. In ultras, though, there has been like um, hyponutremia, which is like, I think it has something to do with your sodium, but it's basically like a kidney. Your kidneys aren't doing their job. Like, you oh, end, yeah. Like, you're getting, like, you're taking in too much water. And like they don't yeah. let out, and that's why uh, they actually were weighing people during some of the field studies because they saw like if you aren't losing weight and you're gaining weight, it means your body's not like handling the water correctly. Oh wow! Yeah, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of interesting. I I think I've heard of that before. Um, what like people having like kidney issues because of the salt? Because you got to think you're sweating out so much salt that like you can't really just drink just water for the race, yeah. you know? Well, the like, you got to have. Is- the guy that said it was like during this interview was also like, yeah, um, sodium supplements also might be total BS. So like, it's really just about making sure you're doing what's right for your body at the time. And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Um, so that was wild. Another thing that he also talked about was that the people that do this typically are addicts. Like yeah. a lot of the times it's found that addicts are like really good ultra runners because running gives you that same kind of like high and yeah. people can get addicted to it. So people with like a, addictive personalities tend to be runners. And I thought that was super interesting. I do too. And I think I've heard stories of that, of like more like triathlon people, um, like ex addicts are like a big triathlon type community. Um, but it's just like, every time you're in one of those situations where you feel tempted, tempted to do something like you just have that running outlet, that running outlet. And so then all of a sudden you're doing hundred plus mile weeks because you're just, you're using that outlet. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I think is kind of, it makes sense is like, they talk about, I feel like in like recovery places and things like that, they talk about having like a plan and everything like yeah. that. And when you're running, like you're scheduling out your day, like we were just talking about earlier, you have to like, you wake up, you're like, when am I doing my run? How am I going to eat? Blah, blah, blah. So you're yeah. planning out your whole day. So you like, it sort of takes away from that time. Like that, like you would be thinking about doing something else. And like, you need to plan your workouts. You need to plan on varying your workouts. You need to be like more self-aware of your body. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's crazy. I think it's pretty cool, but I, I think it makes sense. Completely. Like. I mean, yeah. you're right. The running, the runner's high and the outlet, like the stress relief outlet too, you know? So question for you, Sean. Yes. Morning runner or evening runner 
or okay. you know the day runner. <laughs> so my whole life, I was afternoon to evening, but that was because of the school structure, you know? 2.30 practice. <laughs> yeah, 2.30 practice right after school ended in high school. College, we did the same thing. This year is my first year as a morning runner. Way better. I'm not going back. Woo. When I was training yeah. for a marathon, I was a morning runner. It's just like you feel so much better going into the day, except for your long run days, because then you fall asleep by like 10 in the morning. Dude, so I feel like it's good because you feel so like you feel accomplished before you even start your day. But at yeah. the same time, I feel like that's a huge risk to already feel accomplished before you start your day. Because then you're like, I already, I'm already successful today. Like, so what? I don't get something done at work. Like, I'm already successful. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of more think, I don't think about it as like accomplishment. I think about it as like, like stress relief. Like whatever comes at me that day, like I already have like a runner's high. I'm basically yeah. mellowed out because my legs are like pretty beat up and tired. So really, it's just like, how bad is it going to be? You know, like I'm sitting in this chair. My legs are jello right now. I feel great with the runner's high that I either mm. have now or currently had. Like, it kind of just keeps my stress levels down. So people take runs in the middle of their workday, too, because their company will give them like an extra like mm. 30 minutes for lunch or something if you do an exercise. So that I think would also kind of work with your productivity. Yeah, so and being like, you know, more relaxed kind of deal. Winter time when the sun is only out in the middle of the day, I would be a hundred percent for that. Oh yeah. That is a good point. Yeah, like I like I don't mind running in the dark if the sun is coming up, but like a hundred percent of a run in the dark, I'm not a big fan of. And I like, don't like losing the light as I'm running. <laughs> Yeah, like particularly like with ice and stuff in the winter, mm -hmm. not a fan of like dark in the morning. Yeah, well, that's I feel like it's just dangerous. And well, well yeah. let's talk about that. Like during the ultras, they're running like 58 hours. They're running through the, the midnight. Yeah. So like there's pretty big temperature changes too in some of them because I mean, some of the I, I think Leadville is through the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Which which is insane. I mean, that's got to be freezing, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever they run it. I, I mean, if you're going up and down in elevation too, like it's got to be warm to cold. And then I think, um, I think Badwater is yeah. through Death Valley, California. And I, I think it gets way over 100 degrees during the race too sometimes. Which... I, I mean, one goes back to the toughness of these people, which is crazy. I mean, I've ran in like 90 high, maybe like high 90s, like 100 degree heat. It sucks. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. just like a regular casual run. Like, that's not fun at all. To run a marathon, like an ultra marathon in that is insane. So one of the things that I've, I, I heard again on the uh, like the, the training and shit is you actually have to – they said a lot of the times most – most runners actually will say like, yeah, uh, the physical thing is nothing. It's all mental. But yeah. when, they, when they do talk about the physical ends of it, a lot of the times they're saying like, you don't need to worry about getting your mileage as crazy as you think you do. You yeah. need to worry about training on hills and training in the heat that you're planning on racing in. Yeah. So they'll like vary their workouts to make sure that they'll run in the middle of the heat of the day. So that way they can get that heat training in. Yeah, so I heard that too about the the miles, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of them I heard do like hundred mile weeks, and I even like looked up a training plan, and like I got like a beginner like finish the race for like a hundred mile ultra marathon plan, where yeah. your biggest week was like eighty miles for that week. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that plan is, but like 80 mile week isn't crazy. Like I Dude, really thought it would be more. I did an 80 mile week in high school. Like yeah, my high school crazy. training, my, I'm pretty sure my high school coach trained us for marathons, honestly. Um, Cause yeah. nobody was that great at the 5k, but <laughs> uh, we actually like 
the mileage he'd have us do, and this was like my freshman year, is like during the summer you'd work your up you work your way up to ten miles every day. Jeez. And then you'd get like, and then I guess it might have been my sophomore year. It was like you'd start splitting up the to do like twelve miles a day, and then you did that for six days a week. So I guess that was closer to seventy mile weeks. But yeah, I could like I could run. I opened up, I ran like an 18 something 5k, like, I think it was like probably 1845, like not even sweating, but I could never drop under like 1730. Like for some reason, like I was like, I could do no work and get it done like the mid 18s, but I couldn't drop below it. And it was probably all that base. Like I had a huge base. Yeah, I got that. So I, I did find that there was, um, I mean, there are some people who do more. So specifically one guy, Cameron Haynes, mm-hmm. he allegedly, I mean, he, he claims that he does uh, a marathon a day was his thing. That's it's like what? 26 miles every day of the week. Yeah, he just crushes four hours a day, just maybe yeah. three and a half. And in 2.15 if you're really fast, like. Yeah, but they say that's insane. Like, yeah. No way. Um, I mean, I don't even know what your week total is for that. I mean, well, I guess 25 times 5, 125, 150 maybe a week. Yeah. When I trained for my marathon, would not recommend. I did 30-mile weeks. That yeah, was... I'm training for a half right now, and I'm doing 30-mile weeks. <laughs> but I think I'm going to up that. Yeah. I So mileage is, again, one of those things that's like, it's different for each person and like yeah, yeah. it's so, a person so crazy uh do you, why don't we talk a little bit about the headspace that people have to be in for running these what do you mean like i've heard that a lot of people like during the run you'll go into a dark place and you'll come uh-huh. out like on top so a lot of people will actually run them just to get to that dark place like to see if yeah. they can come out and become a better person so, um, David Goggins runs these, um, absolute madman, but he's, he's the prime example. And I think one of his interviews, when he was asked about it, he was like, running is something that like, I don't really like, but it just like breaks you down and it takes you to like, kind of that darker place where you you really find out what you're made of you know yeah and it's like that's why it's like a great thing to do because i mean it tests you i don't know man and then i also you're right like yeah i i don't know like just the thought of having to to go somewhere that dark and being like i i'm excited for it like that's wild well yeah it, it is insane it's like I don't know. I mean, some people like take pride in being like mentally tough like that, but also I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the addiction aspect combined with like, like some type of need to like, just, just feel something like crazy, you know? I don't know. Yeah. One of the things that I saw was that it attracts a lot of people that are like dealing with depression because it's a good coping mechanism. Like a lot of times they're like, Hey, like, I don't want to take a medication. And they're like, all right, well you should try running. And then people end up becoming ultra runners. Cause they're like, Oh, like it's a coping mechanism. And then they, they're all just going constantly. Wow. And they feel I like, could... you know, when you're running, you're feeling great. And a lot of the oh, like, yeah. mental health studies have shown like exercise is better to make you feel happier. So yeah. these people just like lean into it. Yeah. Which, is crazy to me um just because i can't imagine like i just can't conceptualize that much running i love running too but that i do too it's just like but you can i can push myself and not do a 30 mile day i can push myself and do like like a 7 to 12 mile day or something and like (laughs) feel amazing and feel like i got my butt kicked that morning Mm mm-hmm uh, so, so just like, I don't feel the need to do that. Another thing that I wanted to bring up, right? So I just mentioned yeah. like, there's those people that are like, are always like depressed that are attracted to it. 
The other type of runner that I wanted to bring up uh, is, so I was reading a book called Born to Run. It's Uh about the, like, this Native American or Native Mexican tribe of, like, runners. But some of the people that race against them are, like, the, the type of person that, like, go out binge drinking the night before. And they're like, we're just here to have a good time. Uh, the tribe themselves, they also actually have like a light beer that they drink and they just like drink like a ton of it. They have like a massive rager the day before a race, uh, which I think is like hilarious because we always had our races the day after the race. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was talking about how these people like there are some people that it's all like, again, it's the headspace. It always comes back to that. Is there are people that they're like, yeah, like I just get hammered, but like I run to have a good time. And like they love running so much that they're just like, yeah, yeah like, I'm just here to have a good time. And like, sometimes I want to get hammered and go for a run and like, it just happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and there was like a crazy story about these people that totally just got absolutely trashed with the, the, the runners. Um, and then they, they just like the next morning were like just vomiting and then they get up and run like during college, there were, there were kids like that though. Yeah. Like there would be times. And I, I'm not going to say that there were times that I went to parties the day before a hard workout and then you yeah. wake up at like 6 a.m. and you're like, all right, time time to show up. Time to see what we can do. So those those days too, I like I always thought of it as like testing myself, you know. <laughs> how much how much can my body handle? You know? Like, like I, I didn't sleep well, we a lot, but like yeah, like those days I'd also like push myself even harder too, because it was like we're running on a little bit less sleep. Like, let's let's get up to the front of the pack. Yo, and some of those days were your best workouts. So that's the thing that messes I know. with me. It's like, insane. And, and here's my thought. Maybe it's because those are the days that you just wake up and you're like, I have nothing to lose. Like, yeah. I'm, already, I'm already down right now. Like, I'm at rock bottom. Uh-huh. Like, no matter what's going to happen, this workout is going to be better than I expected. So I might yeah. as well just blast it. And like, <laughs> sometimes, dude, it, you come out on top, you run like, you drop like a, like a solid 300 time. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Let, let a little bit of rust off on that one. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. You out of practice, you're like, I'm not hungover anymore. I'm a God. Like, that's what's yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So you, you want to talk a little about, about, uh, dieting? dieting. This? So I like, I like looked into a little bit of, uh, what these people eat. Okay. There is particularly one person, um, name is Zach Bitter or Bittner, something like that, but he's got, he's got the hundred mile world record. For, okay. He did it in like 11 hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, so we we just, uh, Colin and I took a brief intermission. We're back now. Um, had to restart our Google Meet um, thing because it runs out after a certain period of time. So we pick up, we're going to pick up where we were talking about food. And one particular athlete, um, which kind of has a crazy story, uh, his name is Zach Bittner or Zach Bitter. I, I don't remember exactly how to spell it, but he's ketogenic and he swears by it. He also has the 100-mile world record right now, uh, which, which is, is insane. Yeah. So, Sean, do you want to explain a little bit of what a keto diet is? Uh, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that it's just like no carbs. Yeah, no right? or low carbs, high fat. Yeah, fat, protein. So it's basically like meat and vegetables. Um, I guess fish too, right? Yeah, and I think the goal is that your body becomes incredible, like like really efficient at burning fat. Yeah, because like stuff like the carbs, I think they like they get stored in your body. So like the more you eat that bread and stuff, it gets stored. But then like the keto effect would be like like the high protein, high fat, your body like gets rid of like the reserved fat that it has built up and it runs off of either that energy or like the stuff from there, which is supposed to be way more efficient and better for you. Yeah. So that's the point of that. But 
he ran a hundred miles in it was like eleven hours and fifteen minutes, and he did it on it was like a four hundred forty meter indoor track, which is crazy. It was like three hundred sixty laps of this, oh, man. which also at a low seven minute mile pace the entire time average, which dude, is nuts. unreal, dude. That's flying. Yeah, like. If anybody is an argument to be ketogenic, it's this guy. Because I mean, that's so fast, and the the mindset of this dude has to be unbreakable for that. Yo, think about indoor races. I don't know if you ever raced the indoor two mile. I did no. in high school. It, I the three k. My bad. I know someone. Yeah. I know someone that's listening just got pissed off. It was the three. <laughs> um. But I, I would lose track of laps. Like, I think it was, like, 15 laps. And I would, I would have to have, like, someone be like, yo, that was, that was it. Like, pull you, wave me in. I think the first time I ran it, I ran an extra lap. Because I was, like, in the pack the whole time. And then I oh ran it. And then all of a sudden, everybody stopped running, and I just kept going. Um, so I was like, ooh, shoot. But I can't imagine 300 on that track. Do you think – that it was 440 for more benefit, like a little bit longer. Cause Dude, I, I think that's just, I just think that's the track that was like, yeah, like we'll let you run at our indoor track all day. Well, I think when they tried to break the marathon record, they were running on a mild dirt track or something. Not dirt, definitely was not dirt. I think that back time out, but it was definitely, yeah. I think it was a mile track. They tried running it on like a mile track. So it'd be like a little bit less turns and it'd be a little faster. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's such a weird situation that like, yeah. like it, it's just luck of the draw almost. Like, so if you're doing 300 plus laps, like who cares what the track situation is? Honestly, it's just, I, like, I do very much. I'm going to be around there 300 times. <laughs> yeah. But like, I wouldn't even be able to uh, like, like really know the difference between like three and 400 laps. Dude, I would want to do a workout on one of those tracks. I think Centritz does workouts there. There's like a track that has like a forest in the middle of it. So you're like running like in nature. Yeah, it looks super cool. But I would I would prefer like a track like that if I'm doing 400 laps. Also, yeah. like 11 hours, you're going to go to the bathroom. So like, he said that he did yeah. stop twice. He stopped twice. For how long? Two minutes each time sloppy but you're right you're gonna have to go to the bathroom and and what's what's your opinion on just letting it happen i am full-fledged let it happen if you're going for a world record yeah i i agree like i think there's if, no if chance. you gotta piss yourself you're running an indoor track you're doing a hundred miles seven minute mile pace like you're really moving who really cares if you pee dude 11 hours though like Oh, like, man. do you really think, like, at an indoor track, a lot of the time, like, the bathroom will be, like, in a separate hallway? Do you think that he, like, walked off the track mid-race to go to the bathroom? Or did he just, like, pee in, like, a cup or something, like, off to the side? Right? I, like, no it, track has, like, super easy access to, like, a bathroom, I feel like. I think he, he had to have walked off. Two minutes is a very long time. Well, I, he might have ate something, too, during that time. Per stop, you said, right? So he had two stops? Yeah, he, two he stops. Looking? He said two stops. It was about four minutes total that he wasn't running. Did So did he eat? You have to eat. So what did he, would he have like his wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other sitting there waiting for him? Just like, hey, here, take a munch. I don't know. Like I feel like there's got to be something that you can eat while running. Right? Or – or you beer mile it, and you just yeah. you just take ten meters to just start munching, and then you, you toss it and keep going. Well, that's that's what I would think to do. I'd be I, like, like, I'm not I'm not stopping to eat like 100. If I was peeing, I would do like a walking pee. I would like sideways walk and just let it go, so it's not in my lane, and I would just pee, and then I'd like pull it back up and just. I would not. I would not be walking to anywhere. I wouldn't be stopping to pee in a cup. I'd be moving while peeing. I'm going for the world record. I'm not slowing yeah. down. I'm not stopping. 
maybe maybe you like run off on a straightaway into like lane three or four for the yeah, straightaway. Yeah, and just just let it go. Just wide leg running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I I I I don't know. It it's just like how do you just I can't imagine that. Indoor track, hey guys, keep the clock going. I'm running to the bathroom over there. Just make sure it's open, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine though. Like, what made him think? You know what? I should do 100 miles on the track, like like a 440 meter track. Like, why not? Like, there's got to like run around like a horse track or something, or like a car, like a car track that's like larger. Well, easier access to a regular track. But honestly, if you're going for the world record and like you have some like clout in the running community, I feel like you could easily be like, hey. I want to run on your NASCAR track. Yeah. I have evidence that I'm very fast and I'm going to break the record. Sponsor me. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great idea for the actual day. But at the same time, I understand why he would do it on a 400 track because he's probably training on a 400 track. Oh, that's true. So it doesn't change his training at all. It's like clockwork, baby. You lock, lock yeah. in. And you just go, I, I like like to picture that this is his local track. <laughs> like, oh. like it's just like down the road. He like jogs there to do workouts. And he's like, ah, yeah. Like called up Guinness was like, today's the day, baby. Today's the day. Yep. Going for the hundred. So I did hear that like workout wise, he'll do like, like regular running during the week. But then like Saturday, Sunday, he'll like load up like 30 miles a day. Jeez. Yeah. So, like, 60 miles over the weekend, but just, like, 30 a day. You think he takes a day off or no? I don't know. I feel like you got to. At How do you run time. 60 miles and not take a day off on one day? He probably takes, uh, like, one day a month off. Like, that's it. That's all he needs. Yeah. Probably. Um, so, I've got a little fun story. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So, ultra running itself. Now... Most of our listeners are probably wondering, Sean, how did someone – who decided that this was a good idea? Like like natural progression, do you think? Someone was running a marathon and they worked their way up or what? But in the truth, I think it was about 40-something years ago, 45 years ago, that this whole thing started. Um, a little over 45 years. But – the Western States 100 is where it started. And that's actually, it was a horse race, right? And then one uh-huh. day this guy shows up on the thing. I think his horse went lame, which means that like it, it like broke a leg or something like that. It couldn't run anymore. And the dude showed up and ran it himself. Like he was just like, well, I guess I'm going to do this myself. Like I'm not going to not run. And like he already entered and then he he did the run and he actually finished like not in last wow yeah so that's he, crazy yeah like he didn't come in last uh and then the the person that was like in charge of it was like hey uh you can you can come back next year like if you want like you're invited to run from now on and then he was like i guess i'll just train next time (laughs) yeah wow (laughs) isn't that wild that is insane the fact that he beat somebody who was on horse too was nuts yeah he beat a horse well so i this kind of actually makes sense to me in in like a weird way because right once I heard this, I was like, there's no way, like, I'm sure the story is way more in depth about what the guy did. Yeah. I didn't really look it up. Um, but I, I, again, it was in the born to run book and I was just like, Oh, that's kind of a cool story. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, it kind of actually makes sense because people were originally built to hunt. Yeah. Right. So what they would do is they would like sneak up on something, throw a spear and then they chase it down. And then eventually the animal would like outrun them and then try and hide in a bush. And basically the way humans were able to hunt is that they would just keep chasing it down 
until it couldn't run anymore. Yeah. So it, its body would overheat and then it would die. Whereas the human would like run and they're like, I, guess, I don't know what it's called, like homeostasis or something. The body would readjust, but the, the animals wouldn't be able to adjust as fast. So they had to slow down. So it kind of makes sense on why people were able to naturally do it and, yes. and keep up with them. So that was kind of cool. And then again, that there's this indigenous tribe called the Tower Umara that lives in the Barrancas and drinks like a light beer and runs. And they're apparently like no crime society and like literally the perfect like world. Oh my Which, God. I was like, that is so cool that they have like a community <laughs> that's like that. And like throughout history, they've came in and raced against people. And um, I think they, they held the record for a few of the courses in like the hundred wow. for a while like, back in the nineties. That's really cool. So it's cool. It was, it was pretty awesome. Sean. Yes. Why would you ever, would you ever run a hundred mile race? I'm going to say yes. You're going to say yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. All right. Well, wait, let's also talk about the so timeout. There is a Disney race that I was talking to Sean about this earlier that oh. I really want to do. And since he just told me yeah. that he's going to do the ultra, we're actually going to sign up together and we're okay. going to do, we're going to do the, the, the dopey, which, uh -huh. which is a, it starts out, it's a 5k. And then it, the next day it's a 10k. The following day it's a half. And then the, the last day it's a marathon and yes. you get a free entrance ticket into Disney world afterward. Yeah. And now that I know Sean is willing to sign up for an ultra marathon, we are definitely. <laughs> you said, would you ever do one? And you didn't let me explain myself. Oh, that's because we don't need an explanation, Sean. We're signing up for one now. Okay. <laughs> I would definitely do the Disney thing. It's 49 miles, right? Yeah. It was like 49.8 miles or something like that. Um, that's, that's not even crazy, dude. That's nothing. Come on. Um, so I don't, I just, I don't ever want to be able to rule something like that out, you know? Like, uh, what do you mean? Like, I don't want to ever rule out like an ultra marathon. Do I think that I would have the flexibility with my job to run hours and hours a day? Maybe that would be really difficult, but at the you same time, it's like. Like, would I rule it out? No. Like, do I think one day, right now, do I want to do it? No. But, like, could I see myself doing it one day? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. All right. I think I would also do it. But I, I definitely don't think I'd do it alone. I think that is that is my number one. I, I'm not going to say I wouldn't do it alone because part of me yeah. definitely wants to do it. But right now I have a broken toe, so it's not really reasonable to train. <laughs> yeah. And, and if I didn't have a broken toe right now, I'd probably be trying to crush like hundred mile weeks. So I'm really glad that like, this is a good time for me to be talking about this. Cause otherwise I get way too hype about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been thinking that too all week. I've been like jacked up to run. Be like, hell yeah. There are people that do hundred mile races and I'm only doing 13. I can do this. No problem. No sweat. Light work. Yeah, ex exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think it would be a crazy like life experience. Yeah. I, See, that's like one of the things is one, you got bragging rights. Like yeah, forever. bragging rights. And two, I just feel like it's such like you'll have an experience. Like everybody that runs is pretty much like, yeah, yeah I've, I had some sort of something that was like, wow. Yeah. And most people do it again. Like they don't just do one. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I – like it, it would be like such a crazy experience and then also like – to push myself that hard would be insane. Oh, yeah. Is it happening in the next two years for me? Probably not. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the Disney World thing. Maybe the Disney World thing. You're here not a hundred mile race, though. I feel like if you're training for the Disney World thing, yeah. you gotta, I mean, you'd be doing like, a, you could be doing 70 mile weeks, and I feel like you could get away with it. <laughs> 
Like if well, you yeah, work your way up to 70 mile weeks, you're that's half your mileage for the week over four days. Yeah, exactly. So, I think it's doable. If anybody is listening that has done an ultra marathon, please email us at the WISK podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you thought and how yeah. it went. Uh, Cause we are very interested. Oh yeah. I'd love to hear about somebody's experience. That'd be so cool. Also let's let us know what you thought of the episode. Cause as you know, neither of us have run over 26 miles, 26.2. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to find out if anybody is a collegiate runner, feel free to email us too. Cause <laughs> we had some crazy experiences <laughs> just like you guys probably did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really what you should know about ultra running. Sean, yeah. do you want to tell everybody what our next topic is? I don't know what it is yet, Colin. Do you know maybe. what it is? <laughs> no, neither do I. Um, I was, I was just seeing maybe you'd pop something up. Um, Guys, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcast. Subscribe for Spotify. Please like us. Tell us your friends. Tell tell your friends about us. You could tell us about your friends too. I guess. If um, anybody is interested in sponsoring us, we are open to that. Also, yeah, you got a little teaser of what it would sound like. Uh, remember Athletic Brew from earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna go out and buy some because that was such a good. Uh, basically advertisement for it. Honestly, if if I had to rate the beer, I wouldn't know it was an alcoholic. I'd give it like a 8.5. 8.5 for an IPA, that's not bad. Out of 10. Right the here. most natural sounding advertisement I've ever heard in my life. This They're really not guys. sponsoring us, but if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Good night. Hey guys, welcome to What You Should Know Podcast. Oh I got my ultra training. <laughs> today, today I brought my, my water. I got, got my water ready to go because this is what the real runners do.